everybody. I'm Jay. I'm Jared. And welcome to Mentor Minutes. This is a podcast and YouTube video where we talk about different topics in the board game hobby, top 10 lists, etc. And we're also sponsored by the Gateway Network, so definitely go and check them out. Yeah, we're part of that network. It's been really cool to see all the new uh, and upcoming uh, and growing content creators in the board game industry. You've got, you know, other YouTubers like mm. what we do. We've got Instagrammers, artists, um, and podcasts like the Gamecasters. And, and movie TV show producers even. That's true. Yeah. Uh, actually, we we're, uh, we did an interview with the designer or the director, yep. creator of uh, Meeple People, People, People Comedy. Yeah. yeah. So that was really awesome. They, they do a, a short um, like YouTube season TV show. Like, it's almost like webisodes, but mm -hmm. it's on YouTube and uh, hilarious. You, you definitely should check that video out once, uh, once it's up. Yeah. Actually, it'll probably be up by the time you watch this video. Probably. So... Uh, so today we're we're changing things up a bit. We've um, we've definitely been doing a lot of like top ten lists, uh, you know, board game um, designer and and publisher interviews and things like that, which have been fun. Which have been a lot of fun. Uh, but we thought let's let's change it up a little bit. And um, there's been a lot of uh, interesting topics that have uh, surfaced lately uh, within the board game community. And so we figured we would just uh, give you our candid takes on some of those topics. Um, we have not talked about these topics ahead of time, nope. so we have no idea what each other's opinions are uh, on these topics, uh, but we figured we would just hash it out in front of you live and, uh, and see how this thing goes. So, yeah, I feel like um, this is going to be more of a stream of consciousness type yeah. of episode, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll cover whatever topics that we can uh, in this time frame allotted so it stays the same as yeah. the normal podcasts. And um, yeah, if you're listening on the streaming platforms, you know, like Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, we also have the video version on the YouTube channel. Mm. Um, and if you do check out the channel, make sure to subscribe because we've got tutorials, which is sort of the bread and butter of the channel. And uh, we've done some interviews. We also have lore. And uh, recently we've added every other Friday a board gaming news series. So mm. I try to cover all the highlights and points of uh, industry, you know, board game industry game announcements and all that kind of stuff kickstarter as well mm -hmm. yeah. everything that you might want to know as a board gamer um in this hobby for you know and, and like i said I just kind of cover what happened in the past two weeks yeah. for each video um yeah i find that that's that's kind of cool I, I i love them it keeps me informed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just do it for jay he, it's just for me it's me and my mom we're watching we'll enjoy it so oh your mom likes board games no she doesn't oh. but, no she does actually but she doesn't watch youtube videos too much oh, okay on, so you on, just on make her content. you just make her watch i just pretend <laughs> oh you pretend <laughs> i pretend i love you mom yeah. <laughs> in case you're watching um <laughs> so so let's get into today's topic um, okay so what are we so, going to talk so, about first so hot topic it's actually been a hot topic for a while and that is paid reviews of board games mm -hmm. um there's been a lot of people who have waited on this topic um you've got like quackalope rodney smith board game co i think even the dice towers talked about this a little bit um and whether or not uh people who produce uh, certain content should be paid for the work that they do. Now, I think it's uh, no one really questions whether uh, something like a tutorial uh, or a playthrough of a game um, should be paid or not. Most people accept that it's fine, you know, to, uh, to pay content creators for that kind of content. But when it comes to a review, um, you know, what, what is the sort of, uh, I guess, line that you don't cross when it comes to being paid for reviews? And... Uh, my just to start the topic off. Yeah, I mean, I think this is in some ways pretty unique to the hobby because of the size of the hobby. It's mm. a very you know it's a it's a niche hobby at the moment, although it's getting a lot more popular. Um, and I think when you when it comes to things like movies or um, reviews of video games and things like that, a lot of content creators who are doing you know those are are in some ways getting paid. Uh, almost as um, advertisers, you know, mm. whereas it's it's definitely more frowned on in the in the hobby. So um, as a board ga game content creator yourself, who mm. really doesn't focus on a lot of reviews, right? What, where, where do you kind of land on uh, on this whole topic? There are a lot of ways to think about this, and I, I kind of like how you framed it um, with saying how how do other industries handle reviews, and if you're making content. Uh, how how much work are you putting into it and should you be paid? Mm. Well, I think in general, if you're making content for somebody, you should be paid. Like as an artist, as mm -hmm. uh, I'm also a musician. So like if someone wanted me to play a gig or mm. record something uh, musically, I feel like those need to be paid for um, because you're not just paying for 
you know, two minutes or five minutes, you're paying for the 20 years mm -hmm. of, of work put into becoming a musician or, mm -hmm. you know, in board game, maybe understanding the industry, playing games, reading the rule books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's experience, there's the uh, skill or talent or what have you that you're also paying someone for when you're asking for, uh, for someone to make content for you. Um, it also, from a marketing perspective, is trying to get your game as a publisher mm -hmm. more awareness. <clears throat> and if you don't, you know, engage with the creators that that have a wide audience that is, you know, considered a third party voice in the community. So it's not just mm -hmm. the publisher producing videos saying like, hey, look at our yeah, new check, game. Check out this marketing speech. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> that's the idea of third party reviews is you mm -hmm. don't, you know, you can't just listen to someone saying like, my game is the best because it's awesome and I made right. it. And, right. you know, like it's just. That's um, what Kickstarter is for. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But <laughs> even Kickstarter has third party videos. They do. They do. A lot of, a time, lot of them do. Yeah. Uh, on their page. And I feel like that's a really important part mm -hmm. of this whole thing. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and so um, so here, here's just a thought I had, you know, again, I'm, I'm a lot more of an outsider when it comes to this. Um, but, um, you know, my feeling is that a publisher is going to absolutely sell more copies of a game if a review of their game comes out on especially like a, a really popular channel. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, you know, in a way, let, let's, you know, the, the big one always is Dice Tower, right? Dice Tower mm -hmm. is, a, is a big channel. Everybody, uh, you know, knows it. Um, if the Dice Tower does a positive review on a game, there's no question that game is going to sell more copies. There's no question. Yeah. What? But I've always heard, you know, you, you hear the saying like, all, you know, any news is good news. Mm -hmm. what, or, do you, what do you... Yeah, bad publicity or, is still good. Is still yeah. still, yeah. so, so let's say, for example, the Dice Tower does a review of a game that they don't like. You know, they, they review it negatively. That's still getting that game out into, like, the public's, like, stream of consciousness or whatever. Sure, people are going to talk about it. Yeah, people are going to talk about it. Do, do you... What do you, do you think... And I don't have any data to, to back this up. Mm -hmm. But I, I have to think that... If you have a situation where you say, okay, game X does not get reviewed at all on the Dice Tower, mm -hmm. or and game Y gets a review on the Dice Tower, but it's negative, mm -hmm. I still have to think game Y is going to sell more copies than game X. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as just in a, you know, if, if all things being equal, game X and Y sure. being the same game. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this? Do you think that's true? Um, I'm thinking about how big is the influence that they have, because certainly... First of all, no one's going to agree with a reviewer all of the time. Like, yes. even if you like, mm. you know, like whatever name your favorite, you know, reviewer, there's going to be games where you're like, oh, I totally disagree with that review yeah. because I love this game or this is my favorite or mm -hmm. I played it and it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some it's not the reviewers aren't deciding an opinion for you. Mm -hmm. They're giving their impression. And I feel like if people are watching and, you know, critically thinking about the points that are being made in that review mm -hmm. that, you know, they're going to be able to get an idea if they're going to like it personally, you yeah. know, and they're not just going to have to take a reviewer's opinion as fact. Cause when you watch a review, they're not stopping with four out of 10. It sucked. Right. See you later. Right. That's, yeah, that's right. They, they do right. overview the game. They give you an idea for what happens in the game, how it's played and um, the general feeling of, of playing it. And if that's the kind of game that you like, then mm. you're going to like it even if the reviewer didn't. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I would agree with you that probably is uh, in your example, game Y would would sell more mm. even with a negative review than one that didn't have any um, publicity or, yeah. you know, the videos, uh, video reviews talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I, if I, if I designed a game and, you know, Tom Vassell said it was a six or seven out of 10, I'm selling, I'm selling the game because of some of that. Yeah. E even if it's not a great rating, I'm mm -hmm. still going to sell more copies because, you know, 13,000, 15,000, 20,000 people saw that, yeah. you know, review. And, and that's that's kind of where I get to the point because um, it's also a numbers thing. You know, numbers like I was thing, saying yeah. about the, yeah, the, yeah. the wide reach of mm -hmm. a reviewer. And if you're just talking about one reviewer or one bad review, it, like if Dice Tower does it and they've got 8 million viewers, if even 10, 5% of them mm -hmm. buy the game. That's a, yeah, that's a huge sales. Yes. That's yeah. a lot. It is. And, and that's, that's where, so to, to me, there's kind of two sides of this. Well, I'm sure there's more. T two main things I take, aw take away from this is one, certainly the content creator's time 
and effort and everything else mm -hmm. are going into making the review, right? So that 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 is not immaterial, right? I mean, I know you, when you shoot your videos, I mean, you're putting hours into it takes the tutorial a lot of videos. time to edit yeah. and film and all yeah. that. So and 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 you you probably say that the time off screen is probably you know four or five times more than the time on screen way longer because of all that effort. So yeah. so there's that co cost, right? It's the it's the uh, time and, and effort and everything else from the reader. But then the other thing is the sales generated, right? So if I'm if I'm advertising, can I can I also yeah, add, yeah please add, add. So not only are mm -hmm. the the time for the work itself and the recording and the editing, but if especially if you're reviewing the game, you have to play it a few times. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's so right. if it's, yep. you know, and, and a lot of times game, if you're doing a good job, yeah. you're playing it with multiple player counts. Yes, you know, and, and if it's else. a campaign, like how far down yeah. the campaign do you need to play through right. to get an idea for the yeah. whole experience? Yeah. I mean, you're not just yes. going to play the intro tutorial. Yeah, like something like a, Legacy, like a yeah. Pandemic Legacy, you're yeah. putting in forty hours of gameplay, maybe. Like if you're game. reviewing Gloomhaven, do you just play the first scenario and then you're like all right yeah you know yeah exactly. so there's a lot yes. of actual yeah. time being put into yeah. this before you even yeah. get to the point yeah of super good point collecting your ideas and mm. that sort of thing yeah so it's so it's it's that so it's the labor right mm. and the effort and then the other part is the sales that it generates now if you're doing like, like again um if you're saying hey this is a uh, a paid um overview of the game so you're not giving any opinion. You're just saying, here's how the game plays. Here are the components. You know, it's very much like the Kickstarter kind of experience. Um, I think no like one... A, that's more of like a preview. It's more of a preview, yeah. And, and in, in, some, in a case like that, I think anybody would say, well, yeah, not only is their time and effort worth it, but they're essentially creating an advertisement for your game that's going to generate revenue, mm -hmm. right? And there's got to be some sort of cost. I mean, in, so I, I work in marketing, but from in, in the IT field in marketing, I mean, um, you're, you're generating interest, you're generating buzz. You yeah. Know, that's... And, and we, we have like suppliers or vendors who will pay a retailer, uh, X amount because they know the reach they're going to get from that retailer mm. advertising their product is going to be, you know, 50, 50,000 people or mm. 3 million people or whatever it is. So th they, they know that over time, you know, roughly what this is going to be. And I'm sure folks like the Dice Tower, if they, if they really wanted to do it, they could average out, you know, sales over positive reviews and things like that over time and, and mm. actually see how, how many people are reaching and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, then it all comes back to whether or not a reviewer should take payment. Now, my opinion is everybody's biased regardless of whether you're paid or not. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm, I'm a very, um, and you know this, I'm a very kind of agreeable personality. So it would be very hard for me to give a negative review of a game if I had a good relationship with a publisher. Mm -hmm. um, not to say I wouldn't do it, but I might not even do that video at all mm. because I think about the publisher or if I had a, a like a Reiner Knizia game. I love mm -hmm. Reiner Knizia. It'd be hard for me to say, I'm going to do a video on this game that from Reiner Knizia that I really don't like and talk about why I don't like it. I would almost just avoid that video entirely. And I think like Rado, somebody like Rado t does that, which mm. is fine. Because he's he's saying, hey, I'm only going to do, do reviews of games I already know I'm going to like, you know. So, so I, I actually where do you land on that. So I would mm. counter that it's probably important to also intersperse in your content uh, a number of reviews that you don't, you know, for games that you don't like, because then you get this. Um, feeling from your viewers that, oh, he likes every game he plays. Yeah, sure. Right? Because every sure. video I watch, it's great. Yeah. You know, every game. Yeah, but because you don't see the back the back end of this, of the decisions made, uh, the games that maybe have been played over and over, and, mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, I'm not going to do this because... And those aren't discussions being had in any review. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. hey, I'm doing this instead of doing two other games that I didn't That's like. That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen some channels starting to do something where they, instead of doing a full review, they'll say, oh, here, here's five games that I'm not going to do full reviews for, but I didn't really care for them, yeah. so I'm just going to go through them quickly. So in a sense, like which games you're choosing <clears throat> to review is a bias or is a yeah. form of a bias, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, you're going to, you know, let's say you get paid for them, but at the same time, people can say, oh, well, it's only positive because he got paid for it. Yeah. Even though there's probably tons of games that they said, you know, like, take this and review it and I'll give you 
$20 or whatever. And then he says, well, I don't want to do it because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, you don't want to like hurt the publisher working yeah. relationship. Yep. But at the same time, I feel like that also can undermine your viewers' opinions of your integrity. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, the thing the thing with somebody like Rado, you know, just to give that example is he's got such a large audience and he states very openly you know, Everybody I can has. I can choose I can choose <laughs> yeah. what games I want to review. So I'm only going to pick the games that I that have like low conflict because I don't like games with conflict. Um, so the the good thing about what he does is he says right up front, like you're you're almost always going to get a positive review from me because I'm turning down a bunch of games that I don't want to review. Mm-hmm. But I think for uh, the, like a more of a fledgling channel um, who really relies on, you know, free games, a lot of times from publishers as payment, as pay, as, as yeah. payment as well. I mean, it, it is payment, but it's again, it's also part of your work. It's part, yeah, it's part of your work. I mean, a lot of people will say like, like let me give you another example. Um, I had the benefit, uh, and I'm going to do a little name drop here. Okay. I had the benefit of working at a large convention once, um, and had the chance to actually go to uh, dinner with uh, the guys doing the, um, you know, the, the, the gaming company. And they had Martin Wallace there, the designer Martin Wallace, and invited him to dinner, and I was able to go to dinner with Mar- Martin Wallace. Now, if, now, they paid for everybody, so Martin Wallace didn't pay for people. But let's, let's say that the game designer bought everybody dinner. Well, that's also compensation. Oh, yeah. So I know, I know in business, you know, if you, like, we have different um, policies around if you go out to dinner with It's clients, considered gifts and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's considered gifts. And so it, you're just, it, it's not just the fact that, okay, I'm going to take $500 to review your game or I'm going to get a free game, you know, from you. There's also that other part of the relationship. You see, you know, you see people at conventions. Like you whining and dining. Somebody. Yeah, you, you go out together. You hang out. And the thing is, there, going to, me, to a ball game as a benefit. Yeah, you know? there's nothing to me. There's nothing wrong with that because you know we're all humans, right? We're going to make relationships. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to just gravitate to like people that are nice to me, mm-hmm. whether they're a publisher or a designer or not. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's who I am. But I think that all those factors themselves are already to me would put pressure on that reviewer mm-hmm. to, you know, to think, to say, to, to be careful what they say. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that most reviewers that I, that I've followed, um, I've seen them, you know, rate games highly from a publisher and I've seen them throw games in the garbage, <laughs> you know, from a, from a, the same publisher and sometimes for the same designer. And I think you kind of have, like you, to your point, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have that, up and down for the audience to to have trust in you right and you know? and part of being a, a good reviewer in my opinion is being able to s- establish that your opinion means something yeah you know to have people trust your opinion and so it doesn't seem like everything that you're going to review is liked mm-hmm. or that you're just this gamer who caters to every publisher you know right. Right. Um, and that's part of integrity it's part of trust and I, that's why i think it's important mm-hmm. to at least do several you know games that you either know you're not going to like or just you didn't like mm-hmm. um now maybe you can customize sort of your your channel and saying like i'm not a gamer who likes trick-taking games yeah. i'm not a gamer mm-hmm. who likes you know rolling moves or whatever mm-hmm. so you're not going to find those games on my channel yeah you yeah. know and that's just a blanket statement right and then from there you're going to play games that might you know qualify for something you might like and then if it's not something that you you like for whatever reason, mm. that would be a negative review on your channel. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just, if you take a game you know that you're just not going to like because you don't like those types of mechanisms or a theme, then you're just going to hate on a game for really just for the sake of your own bias. And you're not helping anybody come to an understanding of mm. why they might like the game. Because yeah. that's the whole point of yep. a review. Right. Is to right. find, you know, is, is to communicate to someone who's never played it what the game is like and would this person like it? And then what did I think of it as someone who plays a lot of games? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think you you hit on a key point too, and that is as a content creator, you know, you're serving your audience. Like your primary concern is your subscribers, mm-hmm. you know, your base. It's not the people, the publishers that are giving you games, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to build your audience. Mm-hmm. So to me that the, the faith that you've established through your audience has to be so much more, uh, have so much more weight to it than what a designer or a publisher might think if you give their game a negative review. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, I think the concept of 
I really think that when it comes to, you know, especially popular reviewers, I just can't see where they would even, uh, you know, uh, try to take money to, mm. uh, to be persuaded by reviews. I just think it would do right. so much damage for to the their channel. For the purpose of persuasion? Yeah, just, just for the purpose of, yeah. Because yeah, it's I, like, I'll give you more money or something or this yeah. benefit if you give me a good review. Yeah, like yeah, that. Because I just think, I think yeah. there, there's no way you could keep that quiet for very long because, you yeah. know, content. A creators talk a lot of these networks have more than one person mm -hmm. i mean that's going to get out it's mm -hmm. absolutely going to get out um so i i really think that it's probably not a problem in the industry as far as the, the you know i'm sure it's happened once or twice before but I mean, that's probably at that a really point, i would consider that a bribe yeah i think that that though would be also a publisher who is um uh unscrupulous is that the right word yeah. Unscrupulous? Yeah. Um, shady. Yeah, a shady publisher, right, who probably isn't going to last that long if they got shady business practices anyway. <laughs> but then again, um, if they're... But there, there are probably a couple out there still. If they're shady or if they're small, they may not actually be able yeah. to afford for that kind that's of, right. you know, marketing that's, expense, however yeah. they want to term it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, so let me shift shift gears a little bit on you and, and see what you think of this idea. Okay. So I, I, I talked... Um, about a year ago, th there was a few people um, that I uh, had a Facebook conversation with that were also into um, board game media. And we were just kind of floating a, a, some ideas around. And one of the ideas um, that uh, uh, that we thought of was, well, what if you had something more like a um, an organization? Um, so Gamma is like one of the big mm -hmm. uh, trade organizations for games. Mm -hmm. What if you had an organization that establish sort of a, uh, I want to say like a pool. So in mm -hmm. other words, let's say publishers wanted to get a review of their game, you know, small and big publishers alike. They put money into this pool uh, to cover, let's say, yeah, they want um, five reviews of their game on, on, you know, YouTube channels that have at least, you know, a thousand subscribers or more, okay? And they pay $500 for all five of those reviews. Well, then put that money into a pool and then allow those YouTube uh, content creators to subscribe to that pool and then pick games they want out of the pool. So, so you never, from the publisher side, you don't know who's going to review your game. Yeah. So you're still you know, paying money to get it reviewed, but you don't know who's going to review the game. And from the content creator side, you're choosing what games you want to review and then getting payment as a result. To me, that kind of, it removes that one-to-one -one relationship between a, directly between a publisher and a reviewer. Yeah. Um, do you think a concept like that or something like that could, could maybe work to where hardworking people like yourself and others or people who are doing reviews could actually get paid for the work they're doing, but in a way that kind of takes bias out of the picture? Is that, yeah. is that a concept that you think would even work? Well, again, to clarify, I don't, I don't do reviews. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, just as, uh, in that headspace. Yeah. I, I feel like if you, if you frame it that way, it only really benefits the, the YouTubers, especially the small channels, because the risk of that is placed on the publisher. And what I mean by that is if you want maximum exposure, mm -hmm. you're going to just contact the big guys. You, you, you know will. what I mean? Like you're, you need yeah. to focus on either targeting people that you know have that type of audience that you're trying to you know reach this game to, or a certain number that, you know, like, I need these five people and then whoever else, I don't care. Well, it was, but if, let's, if you, yeah, yeah, you're gonna, if yeah, you yeah, send in thought, yeah. 20 copies to this organization yeah. and then people were just freely from there picking and choosing, how big is that network? How big is the organization? How many small channels are there? Mm. You know, because then it's like, okay, well, we've got 20 1,000 sized, you know, mm -hmm. YouTube channels that are covering the game. But overall, like... I would rather have had these 10 right. do it and have well, less, you so know, not, not send no, as many I, copies. I totally get your point, point but you, uh, here's what I think you could do potentially, right, is similar to that, that re like these reach calculations, every channel is going to get a certain average number of views for their review videos, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say the average is 200 for one and it's 20,000 for another, right? Mm -hmm. So what if the publisher paid to say, I'll pay this X amount and I want to get guarantee myself thirty thousand views, mm -hmm. and then let this you know the algorithm right pick which reviewers uh, randomly that equal up to that number. So essentially, they're getting the same reach. Mm -hmm. They're just maybe not getting the reach all from big big YouTube channel number one. They're getting mm -hmm. it from you know ten 
YouTube channels that have smaller audiences. I don't know. I just it's just a th thought. Yeah. But I, I just I also feel that once you start setting more parameters when you're sending your mm -hmm. games to an organization, mm -hmm. you're essentially doing the same thing. You know, you're you're basically saying uh, just send them to the top five because I know the top five have over a million, so I'm going to set my bar at a million and always exclude you know a thousand mm -hmm. YouTubers. Maybe maybe unless you know, unless, or unless part of that or, yeah unless part of that. Because um, the organization is going to come back to that to the publisher yeah. and say like, wait a minute, you can't just keep you know requesting that because we have a huge number of people that are trying to get yeah. this stuff reviewed. Well, and that's that can be part of like the this process, right? Like you, it's stated up front. You know, you're absolutely going to get a certain percentage of smaller publishers in this mm -hmm. or smaller uh, YouTube channels. The, the only the, and the only reason that a concept similar to this, you know, mm -hmm. I think could exist is I think that. I think people's time is valuable, and I think that games are being sold as a result of reviews, but I also know that there's inherent bias in the published individual one-to-one -one relationship between a publisher paying for a review and the reviewer. So my whole thought is I'd love to see more of these YouTube reviewers actually getting paid for their work because I think you'll see quality go up. You'll get to see some of these people who are able to actually go full-time mm -hmm. you know, as a result. Um, I think it helps, but if you can do something to avoid that bias, then I think maybe you could do it in an ethical way. Um, how to do it, I don't yeah. know, but I'd love to see I'd love to see somebody, you know, come up with something that might work like that. So one thought: if you take the same concept of like one organization with lots of different, you know, people who who, who would want to get reviews and stuff like that, or or free games or whatever. Um, Assuming that these people aren't already working with publishers directly, mm -hmm. and and you know how big of a problem is that? I don't know how many other YouTubers like can't reach publishers or are getting refused, but I feel like this organization would only work if you're only allowing YouTubers that have small audiences. Maybe so. You know, because so. obviously, like mm. you're gonna send them like as a publisher, you're gonna send them to the big guys anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna send something to the to the the general industry, you know, mm -hmm. then maybe that's a benefit because then the publisher doesn't have to like scour YouTube for other you know yeah. smaller guys. Yeah, yeah, may maybe that's what it, and, you know. And, cap and maybe it at it's ten thousand yeah, or something. And maybe it's also the same with maybe it's for small publishers who mm. you know they can only afford to give out five copies of their games for reviews. Um, and they can't pay as much as, uh, well, pay well, as I much or can't get yeah, as and much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, the big guys, the big guys who, would charge. Yeah. And that's the yeah. other thing, too. You know, yeah. they might have a standard rate that's that's higher. So, yeah. like you said, a small publisher would probably benefit from just sending mm -hmm. them out and, you know, whoever gets it, gets it. And, yeah. Um, you know, but if, if that organization, theoretically, you know, had a minimum of 1,000 subscribers for, the, for to, to participate and mm -hmm. a cap at just, you know, 10,000. So, mm -hmm. somewhere in there... Um, so you're reaching the smaller content creators that are growing, that are, you know, trying to become full time and not necessarily making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. um, and it allows them to sort of supplement. still still yeah. supplement what they're doing without as much uh, work of mm -hmm. chasing down publishers every single game that they want to review. Right. Yeah. Because um, today, you know, there's no money being exchanged. And yet... The publisher is getting the benefit of the time and effort of mm -hmm. the reviewer, mm -hmm. and I think what we established right in the beginning was whether that review is uh, positive or negative, they're getting views of their game. Right, right. they're getting awareness out there. So, um, as a publisher, I think that that's still a big benefit. Yeah, you I know, think so. Even if it's a negative review. Yeah, and and also just from a, a general game development standpoint, mm -hmm. you need to have. Uh, like a voice of of critique yeah. you know you need to have someone out front saying like this is what's i think's wrong with mm. this game so that future games yeah, don't replicate right, the right. same problems sure. sure and you know it's just like uh you know honest journalism mm. you know mm. you, you want to be able to present uh the truth and also critically assess you know what's going on and why this this is good but also why it's not not working right. and what what should be done to change it yeah so you know as a reviewer especially i feel like they have a big influence on the kinds of games that we're going to see in the future because mm. if if mm. they say oh well this is what we like we're going to see more of that 
But if they say this is what we don't like, they're going to be changed. You know, those aren't mm. going to be things that come back if mm. if the general population says, "Yeah, I, I like most of this, but that one thing or these right. two things wasn't." You know, yeah, because one one reviewer with one critique is one thing, but if you have a, a, several people saying yeah. this is unbalanced yeah. or whatever, then that that has some weight to so it. So it allows mm. a designer or a publisher to you know have mm. the uh, the actual feedback, kind of like a focus group of yeah. you know this is the this is what the market thinks of this and maybe we took a loss on this game but we're going to focus on a game that you know goes in a different direction or, mm. or addresses these issues that the gamers are looking for yeah yeah no i totally agree any other thoughts on this topic no i think that's uh yeah. it's a pretty good wrap up on mm. on the discussion I, I like where where we took that yeah yeah definitely i was i was interested in what you think um obviously like you said you're not doing reviews but um, as somebody who's in the business <laughs> um, sort of you know in the in the content create space <laughs> Um, you know, I, 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 you know how much time is, is put into what you do. So that's yeah. obviously a shared thing across reviewers. Well, well, I think, I mean, just from my personal opinion, I, I feel like doing a tutorial, at least the way that I do them with all these close-ups and with, uh, the thoroughness that I, that I try to create. Yeah, this. Even more so. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot more time and effort than even a review. I think, you, I think you're right because with the, with the reviews, a lot of times it's a, it's a, high-level overview of the game and certainly some images typically of the game sure I mean, but b-roll and stuff like yeah. that of, of you just yeah. like sitting there and moving pieces around yes. is not as you know demanding mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> uh, as getting every shot you need exactly and editing it exactly where it needs to go as part of a tutorial yeah absolutely right absolutely right so so anyway we'd love to hear your comments um, about what you think of this topic as well mm -hmm. um, and uh, love to answer any questions you have on our opinions too so uh, I think that was a pretty interesting topic to talk about. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talking about reviews, there's another issue that I wanted mm. to talk about. Uh, and, you know, and this is about what makes you decide on a game to purchase or how many games do you feel that, you know, have, do you limit yourself on mm. how many games you own mm -hmm. uh, versus, um, you know, just play. But what is yeah. the biggest factor for you in purchasing a game and since we're, we, we talked about reviews certainly yes. a review has got to be part of it yeah I, I would say um i am probably more uh influenced to buy a game based off a review than mm. than not um i mean there's so so let's list out maybe some some things that would influence buying right mm -hmm. uh, one certainly is a review another could be a playthrough video uh where you actually you know watch turns being made by players another could be uh, let's say a rules overview, you know, tutorial like you do. Interviews. Interviews um, with game designers or publishers. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be... Um, articles. Yeah, it could be articles I mean, that you're reading. I mean, yeah. obviously, f you know, feedback and popular opinion by people in like, say, BGG or other websites. Yeah. Um, Sometimes just the announcement is enough to get you excited. Yeah, if, especially if it's a, a, a publisher that you know or, or a, a designer like a that you studio, like. Wicked Realms, for yeah. example. Or some kind of sequel related yeah. to a game that you already like. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of different reasons, um, but I'm I'm certainly interested in maybe what like your primary reason is, and and mm. my, so I, I can start out if you want. Yeah, please. I mean, I would say a lot of you know my, I would almost rank these as one, as one and two, or maybe they're tied. Um, definitely reviews influence me. I am more in uh, more um, susceptible to hype. You know, I'm just natural. Norm that's just my uh, pr proclivity or whatever you call it. Um, if, especially if it's a reviewer who I have bought games as a result of before and had a good experience with, I start to know that reviewer's maybe tastes are similar to mine. Um, or another reviewer that doesn't like it, well, I, and I know that their tastes aren't similar to mine, so that might not be a negative for me. So reviews definitely are one of the things that makes me go out and look to buy a game. Um, that may be, may be number one. So that's probably my number one reason for uh, buying a game. But very close to that, is if a game has come out from a designer I really like or from a publishing studio that I really like, um, sometimes those will almost be instant, instant buys for me if, if the theme and kind of the mechanism sound interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll, I'll trust that designer or that publisher. But so. if, uh, let's say, a Reiner Knizia game comes out, yes, you would automatically buy it. 
I wouldn't automatically buy it. But for him, the problem is he's got like 600 published games and okay. he's got, and, and there's, they, they range widely with okay. quality. So, so this is a good jumping point because, yeah. okay, you're, you've reached your first qualification of a game that you would buy. Yeah. But yep. because he has so many, you have to use a secondary criteria. Yes, yes absolutely. What would you then absolutely. say? So then it would probably be the review. It would probably be a review primarily. I, I, so I, you know, I'm like, it's the instant gratification, right? Of a review being like 10 minutes long or something. Whereas, although I would probably get a lot more of the experience from a playthrough, mm -hmm. you know, there's some really good um, like people that do great playthroughs mm -hmm. and that gives you a much more richer feel of the game. For me, it's like, I probably wouldn't. I, and, and part of it is, is too, is I don't want to spend an hour and a half watching other people play something because that would take some of the magic away from my first play. Sure. You know, I want There's that. something to the experience of opening the yes. box, yeah. reading the rules, figuring out how to play and, and having your first experience with it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I'll definitely do that with like tutorials. You know, I'll watch one of your tutorials or someone else's that covers a specific game um, to, you know, understand whether I think it's a game I would enjoy. Um, but a lot of times the tutorials I'm watching are after I've already made the purchase mm. anyway, just to save myself reading the manual. Yeah. But what about you? What, what, what influences you to make a purchase decision? Well, you know, when it comes to reviewers, I'm also thinking like you, you mentioned trying to find a reviewer that has the same preferences you mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if a lot of people do that because otherwise we would have a ton of reviewers that you know that are just as popular just mm. as large right i mean if, mm. if people are constantly trying to look for different reviewers yeah then then there should be more but there's not um now i think ideally it would make sense to try to find more reviewers and watch as much as you can you know to mm -hmm. find the one that you most line up with yeah um but that's just not feasible and it's currently not the case so when yeah. we have um you know quite a few uh, just just top level guys that that people always watch um you, you like you said you do still know what kind of games they like mm -hmm. and hopefully you can then adjust you know from what you've you know what they're saying and say okay well i as long as the points they're making are are valid and you mm -hmm. can say okay well that point doesn't really matter to me or mm -hmm. maybe this i can overcome because that's something i actually like um, and so even if the reviewer didn't like it, you can at least acknowledge we're not going to agree on everything. Yeah. So maybe it's less about finding a reviewer and more about critically <clears throat> evaluating a reviewer that you like. You just yeah, that, that's a personality. It, yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, I think, too, for me, like I have different reasons for buying. So sometimes I'll buy a game because it's something I want to play. But a lot of times I'm buying a game because it's something I think my family will play or it's something that I think my game group will play, you know, or, or when I was, uh, you know, organizing a meetup, sometimes it would be, oh, I know this group will love this game or this group, or this other group will love this kind of game. And sometimes I was making judgment calls based on what I thought they would like and whether something would be a good fit for them. So for, but for me personally, for yeah, but for me personally, um, I tend to watch, like if I watch a review and it's very hyped up, about a game and I'm interested in the game, I will seek out a lot of other reviews mm -hmm. because I want to hear if there are, you know, if there's dissenting opinion mm -hmm. about the quality of the game. And I, I find that that helps to sort of form a, it's almost like when you're watching news, right? If you're only watching yeah. Fox News or MSNBC, you're going to get warped opinions of things. But if you're watching a bunch of different news sources, you know, you're going to hear, and, and BBC and everything else, you're going to get a much, you know, uh, better holistic view of what the true story is. So what we're doing is prescribing a better way for you to make better decisions. That's right. Be smart about it. Be yeah. smart. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, now, I, um, so, so when it comes to purchase decisions from the average consumer, do you, do you feel like the review is probably the, the biggest, like the number one on the list of why people buy a game? Or do you mm -hmm. think that a tutorial or a playthrough is, is, at the same level as maybe a review for, for the number of copies that get sold based yeah, on that. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, playthroughs can go sometimes long and people see the video and they'll be like, oh, that's an hour and a half. I don't want to watch that. I'd rather mm -hmm. just spend 10 minutes and hear a review. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like you, if you, if the review sounds like an interesting game, then you might follow it up with a playthrough mm -hmm. uh, to see for sure. Cause depending on the price of the game, uh, you know, that that's mm. an important factor. Yeah, that is, knowing yeah. That you, you know, there's a good chance you're going to like it. Right. Because I know plenty of people that will not buy a game until they've played it. 
Yeah. And, and now that's a good point too, is, is like for you, how often would you say play a game on tabletop simulator or tabletopia before you actually buy, would buy a physical game? Do you do that regularly at all? Uh, as far as tabletop and all of the online yeah. stuff, no, I don't. I don't really do that. I don't it's either. Just, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not replicating the same experience for mm -hmm. me, and I understand why people do it. It's not that. It's just for me, it doesn't uh, hit the same reasons that I like to play board games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's at that point I'll just turn on the PlayStation, um, mm -hmm. but that's not mm -hmm. really what I want to do. That's not what I want from my board games. Right. And uh, you know, bringing the online stuff up. If you saw a playthrough that was only done on, you know, tabletop simulator, you know, because yeah. maybe mm -hmm. maybe it's a Kickstarter that hasn't been, you know, widely prototype mm -hmm. released yet, and so there's just not a lot of physical yeah. gameplay out there. So you have to judge it based on the online plays. I, for for me personally, I I hardly ever watch those. Yeah. Uh, there's there's just something about seeing people around the table playing that is uh just a much bigger draw for me um you know tabletop sim i think especially with tabletop simulator the fact that you're you know you're watching a mouse move cards around you may see a little like a lot of thumbnail of the people's faces yeah. i i find that so just um disconnected disconnected it's so sterile kind of um, so now I, I would almost never, I, I, I never watch those videos just yeah. because of that. Personally, you know? I don't, but if, if you're doing playthroughs with the designer sure. or something like that, that, totally different. that would actually totally different. higher in my preference of wanting to yeah. watch it. Yeah. And we've, and we've both done that too. I mean, yeah. that, especially if we're going to give our opinions about, you know, mm. the game or something. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that tabletop simulator mm. or something like that is the only way you can play a game to yeah yeah because maybe the physical copy doesn't exist because it's a kickstarter or something like that uh, um, and, you know so i'll point to someone like the charity board gamer who mm -hmm, we talked with mm -hmm, yep. uh, chris does tons of these online ones because of feasibility and because he can be able to reach all sorts of games uh quickly and you know yeah. develop those uh yeah know, designer relationships publisher relationships yeah without having to physically be with those people yeah because yeah, otherwise exactly. we're flying every day yeah, you know yeah. the different yeah, cities absolutely. around the world or country <clears> and uh, so I think what he does is a, a very smart, you know, thing to do. He's focused on both his Twitch and mm -hmm. then the, the YouTube uh, video afterwards. And for for his purposes, I I, I totally get you know mm. playing it online, but also including notable people related to the yeah. game. Yeah, and and I've um so you know B BGG does um, a series called um, Game Night, mm -hmm. where you actually see a bunch of people sitting around almost they come for game night they have the game explained to them they play through the whole game i i do enjoy those because it's kind of a tutorial uh and they kind of have to teach yeah they they, they basically teach the game like and then you, and then they play it. so it feels a lot more like a simulated experience of a game night you know i would have mm -hmm. so i enjoy those but but again i might not watch an hour worth of that um, what, what, where would you cut cut it off? Usually after the, a few turns, and and so uh, what I've noticed is there's some other popular channels that have just started to do like let preview of a turn, mm -hmm. and so like what first two turns and that's the video. That's it. That's the video. And and what I like about that is they don't they don't do a lot of rules explanations. Uh, Rado kind of does this a little bit too, but they don't do a lot of rules explanations. Oftentimes they stage that round though, yeah. which is fine. Like they, they'll 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 intentionally stage the the round. They're trying to communicate what the real what what's what the be feel going is, on right? So so they'll you know they'll put cards in a certain order, or whatever. Just just so you get the feel of what could happen. Yeah. Like maybe a surprise card will come out, you know, that could throw the game off or whatever. Um, and and those I find actually really valuable because it might be a 15, 20 minute commitment. Mm -hmm. You definitely get to me a, a feel of the the ups and downs of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, without experience the whole game, and to me, I would I would prefer those over a full playthrough any day of the week. Yeah. First, personally. Well, there you go. There's an idea for you. If you are a board gamer mm. who has you know video editing skills yeah. and want to create a channel, that's a really good idea that we need more of. I think. Yeah, yeah. it's it, here's, your, here's your it's called One Turn. It's the new channel called One Turn. One Turn. One yeah, Turn. Or that's the it. The first turn. The first turn. Something like yeah, that. something like that. I, I feel like that would actually really be popular, and you'd probably do well. Yeah, I, I mean, because I've seen I've seen people doing different formats on the reviews where they're they're like three minute review, you know, or one minute review. And they just do a zoom 
thing. Actually, well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I wouldn't hate on it so the, much, yeah, Jay. No, 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 so there's a, well, actually, I was going to say positive things about it. But um, yeah, actually, the series that um, I'm, I'm starting to do is called Jay's Takeaways. The difference there, though, is I'm, I'm getting games that I already like that I'm sort of recommending. Um, so you're not going to have your I'm not, yeah. integrity of That's right. Nobody's pa nobody's paying me. These are games I like, that I own, that I just want, want more people to know about. But, but shouldn't you also talk about games you don't no. like? Nope, not for me. Because, because for me, I don't want to be like, hey, here's a three-minute video of a game that you should never buy. <laughs> you know, I, For me, I, it's like, hey, I, there's so many good games that to, that uh, are either getting lost because of the sheer volume of games that come out every year um, or that just keep coming back to my table um, because they work with a wide audience that so I, you know, I want to promote. Hidden gems. Hid hidden gems or, or, I mean, some of the games are super popular games, but it's almost serves as a reminder as to like why I like the game, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so for me, it's all just positive. So you're going to highlight games not only that are new, <laughs> like a lot of reviewers, yeah. but games that you've already owned and played yeah. and are staples in your collection. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because it's more of a, a, it's like what I, it's almost like a what I like, you know, what you know, what kind of games I like, and a lot of mine are going to be very family weight games, just because, you know, they I've played them more um, because of the types of gamers I play with. Um, and a wide range of people, but uh, but I'll certainly pull out some more strategic ones that are my personal favorites as well. But um, yeah, so I, I this is I don't know I, I think um, what, now how about podcasts? We haven't even talked about podcasts, and obviously this is a podcast. Is and it this this is a podcast? It's a podcast. I thought we were it just is. talking in a room. No, no, this is there's actually a camera on, <laughs> and we there's, have mics. People we, that are gonna we are wearing mics. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, do you? Do do podcasts influence your buying decision? They certainly do with me. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. But it's not every podcast, and I don't actually seek out podcasts for the purpose of recommendations. I, I agree. I, I'm the same way. I, I kind of get it anecdotally, maybe mm -hmm. through listening to a podcast. Yeah. It's I choose a podcast that I like, mm -hmm. and I just I regularly listen to it. Yeah. And as they talk about board games, mm -hmm. you know, I'm intrigued. And then if it sounds like something that looks that sounds fun or mm -hmm. interesting, yeah, that's that's certainly an influence. You know, on the and, kind of game that I want. And and I, I've not put. I put zero thought into this, but I've got a theory. I would say that if I get interested in a game based on a podcast and I've never seen the game before, I might be a lot more likely to seek that game out because the way they're talking about that is motivating me beyond things like how pretty the game looks or the art or the components. You know, it's it's more like I'm intrigued by the concept. You're you know? hearing the experience yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. And not, you know, the news announcement with the, with the cover yes. and with the write-up about it. Yeah, it's like the testimonial, yeah. you know, and, and I think maybe that because it has, podcasts have a lot more of that uh, feel of like, like feedback, uh, and that's not the word, like the um, uh, recommendation, I should say. You know, if you go on to Amazon or whatever and you look at people's recommendations, that to me is more podcasty because that influences my decision more than Amazon pretty, reviews? pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I Before I buy a product on Amazon, unless I already know it, I will 100% look at reviews. You should look at some of the crazy ones on like gummy bears and stuff. Oh, uh, you know, my daughter just bought like a yeah. two pound gummy worm. It was ridiculous. Uh, but uh, the reviews on that have got to be hilarious. It's, it, they're hilarious. And um, like the first thing she said when we got this two pound gummy worm <laughs> was, Dad, did you smell it? Because you're supposed to be able to smell it through the box. That's what everybody said. I'm like, what? What, what is so significant about smelling it through the box? You know, but uh, but I could not smell it through the box. No, I couldn't smell uh, it through the box. You know, I think uh, it's psychological or something because wow. it's like in shrink wrap plastic inside. Anyway, yes. I don't know. Let's do reviews on gummy worms. Those those videos get a lot of uh, all the buzz. Bears. Or gummy bears too. Yeah. Or gummy anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's here's the other thing. Okay, does just simply seeing the game uh, in the background or um, the background. In the background, like, you know, we've got games behind us on the game shelf. We do. You know, I relate to gamers that say, oh, I got that game and I've got that game and mm -hmm. I have this one. Um, so you're saying just by having the video mm -hmm. showing my game collection that yeah. people are, are looking and saying, uh, yeah, they're oh, like Zulkin's right there. You got, that, you got to buy it. You like these other five. Yeah. So we're not even talking about it, but just by showing them, <laughs> you're going to look up a it, game. I would say that's probably like, number 10 on the list of reasons <laughs> it's like, like way down people way down yeah that do that yeah i think it's way down that's great but um but i mean it's funny <laughs> but because the funny thing is they don't know if like i'm trying to sell this that's know? right like, that's this right game sucks you got you got paid to put zulkin <laughs> on your shelf didn't you 
Well, so here's, you know, it's funny yeah, though, you say that, that, but like my daughters watch all these videos of like, you know, Ryan and different people who are just like playing with toys that they get. Yeah. They're not reviewing them. Just They're playing just with playing with the toys and those toys sell like hotcakes. Wow. Like McDonald's will pay them money <laughs> to show like McDonald's toys or the different Happy things. Toys. And, the, and, and then they'll sell a bunch of them because, you know, Ryan had fun yeah. playing with it. So you, you can't, you can never, I guess, so, underestimate the, the power of influence. So here, here's a question just for fun. Like if, if we're doing a podcast episode like this and we're mm. talking about whatever, and I'm just holding a game. <laughs> yes. I'm <laughs> just going like, to hold it in my lap. And it's like the elephant in the room. We never that, talk about it. That would be hilarious if you just <laughs> if we just held two boxes. Yeah, get, you hold a game. I'll yeah, hold a we, game. We we don't even mention. We're them. not sponsored. Yeah, we're not sponsored. We just <laughs> we just hold them, and we just talk about whatever topic we're talking about. Yeah. And then at the end of the video, we we put them down, you and, and that's it, it. And we never address. Never it. even mention it. And the people that were listening to the to the podcast <laughs> without the video, they would have, have no, no idea. idea. They'd have no idea. And there's this whole other facet to the podcast that people are like <laughs> tuning in for. That's like, which game? Which are they game is today? Is this a review yeah, or does he hate it? Yeah, who's pay, who's paying those guys <laughs> for those two games? Like conspiracies. That's pretty funny. We should totally start doing that. We should totally do that. I love that idea. Actually. <laughs> You know, it, well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so any other thoughts on this uh, on this topic of influence? Yes. So buying, why would you buy a game? I feel like there's so many reasons. We've we've really touched on reviews. Only, yeah, well, only a couple of really. podcasts, but other than like other person's perspectives, which is what we've been when talking about. Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. your own perspectives, mm -hmm. and let's say you mm. you are expecting you know something from a certain designer or developer because your previous experience with other games that they've made have all been stellar mm -hmm. or you know the type of thing that they do they do really well and you really like that yeah for example uh awaken realms yeah i was gonna say kickstarter is a huge huge these guys Simon, awaken realms. They constantly make uh engaging very thematic games mm. with amazingly detailed miniatures and typically there's a lot of miniatures and since, mm -hmm. you know, that for me, like, I like that. And so I'm going to always look at what they're doing next. Yeah. And so sure. I'm seeking that out. I'm not waiting to hear about it. Right? right. So I'm kind of staying on the edge of what's coming from like my favorite designer, mm. my favorite publisher, um, because I know like nine times out of 10, I'm going to like that game. Yeah. And, and would you, would you make a purchase decision based off that even without going a step further and looking at some reviews or people's opinions of the game like would you buy it just because awaken rounds came out with the great wall and you love the theme would you back that i did back that yeah w before you'd even seen a review or anything i did yeah okay so yeah so that's powerful yeah that's, that's definitely did. powerful I mean, I mean certainly i'm you know i didn't look at a review before backing but i'm looking at their kickstarter page and i'm looking at everything sure, you know, sure. it's not just like oh there it is back yeah right yeah. i mean i've definitely done I've, de I've definitely done that too yeah. um I've done it with some CMON games where it's like... A lot of times you only have the yeah. campaign page on Kickstarter to go by. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, they, a lot of times they will post people's thoughts or YouTube videos about, about reviewing the games. But I'll say those quotes don't really don't yeah. really affect me. Yeah, I, I, whenever I see quotes that recommend something out of a video, I, I'm always very skeptical about quotes because... Mm. You can pull a quote out of context super easy. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I see this, uh, especially with, like with games on, you know, Dice Tower and stuff like that. They'll pull out a quote where somebody said like, you know, I could see this being a lot of fun for this group. And it'll be like, I but see this dot, 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 pages. being a lot of fun, dot, <laughs> dot, dot, you know, and it's like, but they hate the game. Yeah, there's 10 pages so, after that of them talking about how <laughs> terrible it is. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah that doesn't, that never guy, influences me. me. That's also why, you know, quotes <laughs> context, I don't just be like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's probably not done that often, but it's and like... That also kind of speaks back to the integrity of, of the publisher, right? Sure. You know, not doing that on purpose and yes. not being shady. Because if they did that regularly, I would assume then that the people that are taken out of context would backlash. Yeah, well, well right? for me, for me, if I was like publishing a game... Like, wait, you took that out of Yeah, out well, of just... just humorously i would i would do that i would be like i dot 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 love dot 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 this dot 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 game <laughs> you know <laughs> because at some point in the video they said those four words oh my gosh. <laughs> in that order oh my gosh. <laughs> just for fun yeah but no I, but in all seriousness um yeah i think that's that's definitely that definitely the case if it's somebody like an awaken realms or a simon mm -hmm. that consistently delivers you know mm -hmm. Get, whether you like them or not, you know they they deliver consistent experiences when it comes to those kinds of games. The uh, the other they're one not, I was going to say, not the only ones, obviously. Well, word of mouth, mm -hmm. like like 
if I come to you and say, Jared, this game is amazing, you got to try it. Now, you know me as the type of games I like. That may not influence you. Yeah, I would say screw that. Yeah, that may not influence you. But but <laughs> if if like you and me love the same type of games, yeah. and I come up to you and I say, hey, you know, you got to try this game or whatever, you're probably going to be more likely to pay attention to that than maybe a review, depending yeah. on you know if our tastes align. Yeah, but if if our other buddy Jason was like, you got to play this, <laughs> which he does every single time, <laughs> that's right. I, I'm just gonna get overwelmed and say no. Nah. Oh, that's funny. No, I'm done. That's funny. Let's just play something I know I'm going to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th that's the thing. It depends on the games, style. Yeah. He usually likes games that I don't like. Yeah, I was going to say I'm I'm very much an omni gamer, so I'll I, you know I'll try just about anything. And but that's sort uh, of an overstatement. There are a lot of games that we both like, but I just give him a lot of grief. Yeah, grief because he's <laughs> always bringing new stuff, and it always well, he, has to. Get yeah, and, and and that's the thing too is when when you know when your game when your game buddies are all buddies that have like over three hundred games in their collection, and they keep buying, and lots we keep of games. yeah, and we keep buying games. Uh, trying to get time to play those games is is definitely a challenge. Yeah. Um, so, spe so speaking so, of that, as a collector, yes, right. <laughs> are you a board gamer that yeah. buys games because it has <laughs> to be in your collection? Right. Uh, it's just a game that you have to have, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. It belongs in a gamer's collection, therefore I must have it, and I won't sell it. But man, that's that's a tough one because right? I think I think I've evolved a bit in this. Um, when I was certainly in the beginning years of getting into the hobby, I bought like lots of yeah. stuff and I, and like I said, I was buying I got, for other people. I got an example. Agricola. Yeah. All yeah. right. Should you keep Agricola in your collection? Uh, well, so I don't own it. So, so I, I point this one out Yeah, yeah. because people always point to it as one of the early, mm -hmm. um, great cube pushing Euro games yeah. and it's, you know, it's brought a whole lot of new concepts yeah. at the time and it's still beloved and mm -hmm. it's considered a classic in that yeah. regard and so a board gamer should play agricola and they yeah. should probably have it you yeah know. I, I i changed on this because originally i would have been that yes person because i kept a copy of Catan for years Catan, 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 settlers whatever um but i kept it for years because of the fact that like although i didn't personally really like it that much because i'd played so many other games that I felt were better, you know, it was the game that started this, you know, huge game craze, right? The um, that you're on. Yeah. So, I, but I eventually got rid of it because I was, I, I've started to make decisions to say, you know, if I'm not going to play that, and I really can't think of how often I'll play it, even with pe people that do like it, I'm, it's going to leave my collection because I'm trying now to more downsize and have a have a re more reasonable, in my opinion, size collection than what I have. Unless you're Jason and you just keep buying more shelves <laughs> and stacking games wherever you can put them. But but th that's the thing is like you know you do you right like if you're if you're a collector and you want to collect and you want to yeah. you know if somebody says hey do you have this version of Power Grid, Grid Map uh, yeah I got that that's that's great you know you're an awesome resource you're like a li yeah. a library yeah I think a collector enjoys being that yeah. resource and there's nothing I mean people collect books there's nothing wrong with that right I mean there's definitely nothing wrong you know somebody who collects books right you're never going to say Oh, you've got too many books because that's their thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, I had to really um, think about this a while. But like, was I just a collector, or was I, you know, a, a gamer in a way? Mm -hmm. not, not not that you can't be both. And I found out a lot of my early purchase behavior about was collecting. Drive to purchase something. Yeah. So 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 in that topic, right? Yes. Yeah, sometimes the 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 thought of everybody's talking about this game. You know, I need to, maybe this isn't necessarily the game for me, but everybody's talking about it. Maybe so I should get a copy. A hype is a big deal. I think just that whole, you know, fear of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Um, but I'm less likely to do that now than I was before. To, to me yeah. now, it's like, hey, I, you know, that game will be around for a while. I, I don't yeah. I don't need to try it this month. Well, you know? even as a collector or even a board gamer who just, you know, wants to have a ton of games to play, like, there are limiting factors in being able to purchase every game that you want. Yeah. Obviously, one is money. Budget, of course. Right? Yeah. You know, having a budget. And the other is space. Like, mm -hmm. board games take up a lot more space than a movie or a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if you run out of space, what else are you going to do? At that point, you sort of become more of a hoarder and less of a collector. Yeah. And, I, know, and I've, and I've, it's like, does this bring you joy? Yeah. And all that kind yeah. Of stuff. I've, I've resisted the urge because, you know, we both have game rooms. And I've resisted the urge to add shelving mm -hmm. because I really want to have my game collection 
focus. within that shelf. Yeah. You know, now that's not to say that um, I don't. I have board games in another area that I will take to say like a, a meetup and yeah, things like, like that. Like yeah, I've got a I've got a game shelf in my garage that um, I'm trying to dedicate to when I restart a meetup that I'm planning to do. Um, using that as a game can library. I, can I be invited? You can absolutely be invited. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm going to charge for you. Everybody else is free. Oh, no, <laughs> no um, so that's, you know, that, and that's something that I had done before, like at a church, you know, and it was, I, it was good because I didn't have to take games from my house to the meetup every single time. I could just leave things there. And they were typically, you know, intro level welcoming games that I wasn't necessarily playing myself, but I would play with, you know, new gamers and stuff like that. So, yeah, but that compulsion to buy, especially if you are a, a big uh, gamer and, and have a large collection, is um, it can be tough. It, that can definitely be an influencing decision. It certainly is. So. And it's something I do consider uh, so that I limit how many games that I'm buying so that uh, I'm thinking ahead of like, where am I going to put it? Yeah. Uh, that's an important you know factor. And certainly um, my wife is a factor because she's limited me to this one room. She says if it's if it can't it fit can't in this room, outside the room, then you can't buy. Well, it. You, look, you have like two more walls. You got plenty uh, of space. No, no. <laughs> I, I need these walls to record videos. This is also right. my recording room. Right, so right, right. There's a lot of um, spatial considerations here. Yeah, yeah. Same with mine. Mine's kind of an odd shaped rectangular room. So I can really only have shelves of yeah. kind of one one wall. Anyway. Okay, here's one final question related yeah. to what drives you to buy a game. Yeah. If you're walking through a board game store, yep, yep. what would drive you to take a game off the shelf, look oh. at it and say, I'm just going to buy this? Yeah, so so I've absolutely done this. Mm -hmm. I've absolutely saw, seen a game that I had I didn't know a thing about uh, from a game store and I've, I've made the purchase. Mm -hmm. But it's usually a game that's, around $20 or less because there's less of a risk. Mm. You know, I'm not going to buy a $100 game off the shelf I've never heard of. I'm not going to spend that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So, like if it's a card game, you mm -hmm. know, if it's like a roll and write. It's um, like $15 or less. Yeah, you know, 20 bucks, something like that. Um, I'll take a chance on those. And I've, I've had, you know, various levels of success. Um, Have you been ever like super disappointed in one of those purchases? Uh, no, I would say only mildly disappointed. I think it's 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 also because we've played a lot of games, we kind of know ourselves. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just looking at the game and looking at the the, the description will kind of give me a feel of I'm most likely going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And I've been I've certainly been wrong, but um, I would say there I've had more hits than misses. What about you? Uh, it's it's rare that I do that, but I have done it. Um, I, I think one of the the first times that I recall. Uh, purchasing a game just right off the shelf. Uh, there was a sale going on. Mm. And that's also a contributing factor, right? Back that to the money true. factor. Yeah, that's true. If yep. they say like, you know, buy mm. two, get one free or something yeah. or yeah. whatever, uh, I'm going to look for a game that I maybe, you know, never looked into reviews before or something mm. like that. And so I'll have to more, like you said, sort of jump into something that I am more unfamiliar with. And so I have to make a decision because I want to take advantage of a sale. Yeah. And I know there's other great games out there that I'm going to want to have. Yeah. Um, so in this particular example, um, I was looking for a third game, you know, as part of the sale and uh, mm. from, from my local game shop. I picked out a game from Stefan Feld oh. and uh, because I was familiar with some of his games and I knew that most likely I would like it. Mm. Um, I liked the art. Um, it was Bora Bora. Okay. Yeah. And this, I looked, yeah. you know, I looked at the back, I looked at the art and mm. I was like, I like the, the theme of this. This seems kind of cool. And mm. you know, if it's kind of a crunchy Euro thing to it, because it's, I know Steffenfeld does that a lot. Mm. Uh, I figured, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And I really liked it. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah. I didn't have any, <clears throat> you know, mm. uh, regrets about it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll like, if I've, if I've heard a little bit about a game, that I've, like, I've heard some positive things about game XYZ, but I haven't really looked into it much. Mm -hmm. But then that game's like half off. Yeah. I might be like, oh, you know, I've heard I, good things. It's like, I should buy this, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, because I think it's that whole thing of like, I, I'm practically losing money if I don't buy it for half price. You know, mm -hmm. you, you do this because, mental gymnastics in your head. Because if you're, if you're the guy <laughs> that says, I only buy games after I play it, but you see that game, it's half off, and you've heard so much, yeah. and you're probably going to like it. Yeah. Will you be pushed yeah, to, I, to buy that? Yeah, I will. And, and, that's, and that's one thing I want, for me personally, I want to get better at, because the chances that I'm going to get that game played in the next couple of weeks are probably low. Mm. It might sit on my shelf for a while. And then is my enthusiasm <laughs> going to wane? Yeah. Because at that, you know, once you've had a game sitting on your shelf for, you know, a few months, 
you, the price you paid doesn't matter at that point, yeah. right? It's, now it it's becomes not more a of a burden yeah, to then get it's played. Like, oh, yeah, I got to play and this now lane. you've got a large shelf of shame, yeah. as we like or to call it. Or shelf of opportunity. You there know? you go. Positive, it depends negative. On, depends on your outlook. Half glass, uh, glass half full yeah, type thing. Yeah, but as, as somebody who's like a you know completionist kind of person, yeah. um, I, wanna I sure want to make sure that I play every games. game in my yeah. collection. And I've got... I've got a, yeah. too many that so, I haven't played. as another limiting factor, if I know I've got 20 unplayed games, yeah. I'm not going to buy any more games yeah. for a while. Yeah. And I'm that's just me. I'm trying to be, I'm not perfect, but I've, I'm getting better at that. Yeah. Especially on Kickstarter. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I've definitely not done as much on Kickstarter as I have in the past years. Right. For that exact reason. Right. You know, plus a lot of Kickstarter games that <laughs> take up so they much space. They take up a lot of space. You, especially when you get a big one. And you know that, you know, once you back <laughs> something on Kickstarter, when it comes, you're going to have nowhere to put it yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, well, this was an interesting topic. I think yeah. uh, we got to also understand our purchase behavior a little bit better as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's somewhat aligned, I think. Well, this has been a, a nice chat. I, I appreciate you bringing yeah. up some topics for us to discuss. It's a nice change of pace. Um, yeah, and I, I'd say if you know if you uh, put comments and in if you put comments in the comment section, <laughs> you mean me? Should I comment on our, our video? <laughs> you're gonna edit. I this. like when gonna, I said you're gonna totally edit this in post. So I'll, I'll start over. Um, now, if you <laughs> it's staying in, baby. Yeah. So if you it, you know, let us know in the comments if you. If you prefer the top 10 lists, mm -hmm. if you prefer, you know, our interviews, uh, or if you prefer more topical conversations like this. I mean, I think we both would enjoy doing more topical Yeah, topical is really fun. And, um, you know, it's more stream of consciousness. It's less of a preparation where, yeah. you know, you come up with a list or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Less scheduling needed with interviews and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so unless you hate it, just yeah. let us know if you, yeah, if you hate it. If you enjoyed it. That, if you really hate it, uh, I guess let us know too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and maybe if you want us to start another podcast of all about gummies, let us know. All about gummies. What is it? Gummy time. Gummy we'll time. Gummy time reviews. Gummy time reviews. From, <laughs> with Derek and Jay. We'll start another adjacent YouTube channel. Yeah, let's do that. It'll be it'll be amazing. And and we'll start with whenever we get gummies, we gotta smell them. <laughs> we gotta smell them. Like, see can we, you smell it through the bag? <laughs> you smell it through the box. Mm. Then what does it taste like? It'll, we can all, oh hey, and then with the spinoff from that'll be ASMR. Yes. So then it'll and be I'll, just. I'll us. hold a, a special mic and I'll yeah, go. Yeah, it'll be us chewing for an hour. It'll be it'll be amaze balls. Us <laughs> This is ASMR, and we are about to eat some gummy bears. Uh, the texture on the gummy bear looks uh, very juicy. Chomp, chomp. And I'm gonna. Yeah, this is getting. This is kind of eat getting, some gummy bears. It's getting a little creepy at this All right. point. I think I'm getting creepy. It's probably time to end it. Board games are fun, and we'll see you next time <laughs> All right, on bye. the Mentor Minutes channel. Yep. Uh, I've been Jake, and I've been Jared. Check you out next time. Bye. Check you out next time. No. Check it out next time. No. What, what, how do we sign off? What's a good sign off? Just see you later. Bye. See you later.